Yeah, we've only been married three years and we're already out of things to talk about. <laughs> this is what yeah. you have to look forward to. Yeah. You're only in what, month three or something like that? Week three? <laughs> month two. Month two, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, no, congratulations. It, thank you very much. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And we haven't even been, so you've been married three years. We haven't even known each other two. No, we've oh, wow. known each other two now. We've officially known each other two years, yeah. <laughs> Uh, which is that which wrong? Is, yeah, you don't want to mess up that date. <laughs> I guess we got married shy of knowing each other. Yeah, that's what you're thinking of. Yeah. We, we hadn't quite known each other yet, so we got married. Yeah, right, right. So yeah. it's all new to us still. officially this is in love with movies mm. oh yeah yeah and danny what is in love with movies oh yeah it's a it's a show it's a podcast where uh me and you nick and danny That's we us. talk about love and guess what movies <laughs> uh today's topic what's today's love topic well i didn't know what it was today is love across the pond love across the pond or mm -hmm. or you know we could go with uh from britain with love depending upon how you want to uh to do it or what's that one movie that i hate sorry Love actually. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. It's essentially a national treasure over there. Um, I, I would say so, but I would also say it hasn't aged very well. I think it definitely hasn't aged very well. Yeah. There are there are people that in that movie that are supposed to be held up as heroes, and I'm like disgusting. Yeah, disgusting yeah go check out our, our podcast episode of that around Christmas time. <laughs> um, you guys, then... you, you, your your podcast and Love Actually um, both harness the comma very well we're not talking about any movie with a comma today nick what movie are we talking about we're talking about groundhog day which has an apostrophe right <laughs> no it's nope. just ground <laughs> groundhog no it is ground well, welcome to the podcast english I think, language I think, <laughs> I think every, every time we, every time we reference the movie you have to say it in a slightly different way with the grammatical like, edge you have to go like Groundhog Day. <laughs> Groundhog's Day. <laughs> Groundhog Day. <laughs> plural or not plural? Groundhog's Day. No, just the one groundhog, yeah. It's only one of them. The yeah, irony the irony of it being repetitive, though, is that it's only a singular. But he owns the gr the day. Like, mm. Never mind. You're getting way distracted. You, she had... She, we had a disagreement over our last episode's <laughs> introduction and how I talked over. So we had this whole planned out way that we were going to do it. And I love that the real life of us is just turning into <laughs> random vamping. Instead. No, I do think Danny has a point there, though, because it could technically be a possessive apostrophe. Thank you. The day belongs right, to the groundhog's hog. day. It's his day, yeah. you know? Right. All right. So <laughs> that's our topic in our, our, our movie. Who are our guests? Why don't you introduce the <laughs> guests while I answer this grammatical important question from IMDb? Um, we have Anna and Andy Merriweather. Anna, is your last name Merriweather? Did you change your last name? Yes, I did. It is now. Awesome. We got the double A Merriweathers. And do you all want to introduce yourselves? Tell us a little bit about you and how Nick found you and forced you to be on our podcast. Yeah. So for Anna, <laughs> you start. How did Nick find you? And <laughs> I was not involved in any of this no, whatsoever until now. Completely, so. <laughs> completely dragged along. Um, uh, I um, host a show called Settle the School. She's there um, with uh, with Matt Nost, um, which is essentially a name that tune, but with movie scores and soundtracks. And um, and Nick was a guest uh, about a month and a bit ago, month and a half, something like that. 
and um yeah we got on really well on the show um despite me not not being engaged and uh yeah and uh yeah and we got chatting and found out he did this and i tuned in really enjoyed the episodes and then um convinced anna to to come on with me i also <laughs> listen slash watch your podcast andy and you are extremely talented and matt came up with i don't know if you both came up with it together a very fun concept because i love guessing games and i love music and then the harder part for me is i don't know a lot of movie music so it's you did a really good job when you were on it i got but we close. always listen to it together and you know what when we're not recording i'm better than you <laughs> when you're on it you were doing well but i did i usually do better than you it's true when we're listening to episodes she often gets the the answers sooner than i do matt's like way too nice i think he's jilted from uh how it's serious right. things have gotten over on Schmodown. He's like, yeah, I don't exactly. want any of the, the <laughs> I don't want anybody throwing challenges, nobody taking anything too seriously. No, exactly. Yeah, we do we do have those discussions. It's like, you know, as much as we we share a lot of the competitors and we share, you know, a fair bit of the fan base, it's kind of anti Schmodown in terms of feel. We want people to not feel like they're on the Schmodown. And that's why people like Viviani come back on a lot and and Draco and stuff. It's because it is a bit of a break for them. Anyway, yeah. Well, in the interest of making sure we do move along and get somewhat to a little bit more of our topic, not that we officially do so, I do have a couple of questions. Ooh. Okay. Nick always comes prepared and I don't. She's improviser. She wings it. This is how, you know, these things work. Um, I, on the other hand, like, am a professor, and therefore I have to be ready for them. <laughs> I'm, like, planning what I want to say and then anticipating questions and the follow-ups and the answers to those questions. But anyway, so one of the things I wanted to kind of just talk about briefly, and maybe we can only take 10 minutes or whatever or less, uh, I'm curious if there's anything that's different about courtship, love, um, you know, relationships, things that you all have noted. And maybe the best way to start that is if you could give us just a, a two minute sort of summary of your entire love story for yourselves. So, wow. And we're actually timing you. So at two minutes, you have to stop talking. Go. Yeah. Can you give us a 10 second one? Um, <laughs> I, this is interesting because, uh, I, I explained, our uh, the question you've asked, I explained it in my groom speech, did I not? Yeah. I basically did yeah. explain it. Oh, um, so, for context, I convinced Anna to do a joint bride and groom speech for our wedding, which we've just put as an un, as a like an unlinked what do we call it unlisted uh, link on YouTube, so people after like a family can watch it. But it's an hour and fifteen. Our speech was long. Wow. And, Very um, self-indulgent. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we told people like buckle in. This is going to be lengthy, <laughs> but um, but I wanted to treat my groom speech that kind of set up our longer speech uh, i just wanted five minutes and it's just going to be like a a bit of stand-up material and essentially um essentially I want... he gathered a load of stuff about me over the two years put together to rip into me about on, on the green speech no not really no not really it wasn't i didn't tear into you at all i wanted the i wanted to just discuss at our wedding online dating because i've never heard anybody discuss it before at a wedding in a speech and so many people the ratio of people that met online to um weddings must be higher than the people that are admitting it i i believe that people kind of move away from it and and make up that they met in a bar or something because they're embarrassed about it. and i wanted to face it head on and talk to people in a room most of whom are in love already what it's like going online dating in your 30s and so um, I'll, I'll do a really quick version of that. So I'll take my five minutes and condense it to two just for you guys. 
Um, You've already had a minute. Yeah, but that was <laughs> context. I said I said context. The timer stopped. You, you say context, timer stopped, and then the, they go again. He asked for a pause. It's, it's a <laughs> yeah, exactly, a challenge. Um, so basically, um, uh, Anna and I both had um, love lives that uh, came to a crumbling halt and all this kind of stuff. And we we basically, we have a history that we know about each other. And I think that's the good thing about when you start dating someone um, later in life is that you both come in with baggage. So you just like open up the baggage and show show your other half, uh, rather than being like, oh, I didn't know you dated that girl, blah, blah, blah. Um, so what happens is we were on Bumble. And uh, the way I described it in my speech, I actually had Google Maps as a, as a PowerPoint slide. And essentially, you you decide, I don't know if you guys have done online dating before, whether you... Maybe the longer you run the story, the more I love you, by the way. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Amazing it's fine. way to approach this. So uh, on online dating, you have to decide how um, far from your body is the love of your life in miles. And so I decided, you know, in my 30s, I have to like create a hell of a pool, you know, hell of a pool to swim around in. And so I did 30 miles. Um, and the joke I said in my wedding was that I needed to get out of my existing dating pool. So let's do 22, 30 miles and create this kind of like donut of dating. <laughs> and, um, and basically I showed on the map where I was and where 30 miles was in this like perfect circumference that I was going to be dating in. And then Anna is sat two miles outside of that circle. And so we never meet just wouldn't ever have happened and Anna's circumference was uh essentially her apartment block <laughs> she's like the love of my life love is gonna, yeah the love, love of my life is date with the people I could literally bump into on the corner exactly yeah 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 <laughs> yeah what, you know what height do you want to date what what eye color and she's like I don't care you know are they near my kitchen <laughs> <laughs> and so um but luckily, do you want to take it from here? You know this bit. So I'm I'm a primary school teacher, and um, I'd taken my class, my year group at the time, to a residential in um, a place in the UK called Swindon, um, which is where Andy grew up. And just by chance, on one night, I was I put all the kids to bed, and I was sat on my phone, bored. Um, you know, everyone's asleep, and. And that's, so, that's so much justification for you just so, saying I open Bumble. Like people are. <laughs> that's, 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 no, that's it. I have my phone out when the children. You're like, like you're like this. you're like going you're like night to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to get that enough context again. Um, and then um, Andy's at his parents, and that's like a couple of miles from the um, like activity centre I'd taken the children to. Yeah. And so just by this freak chance, like he was only staying at his parents one night, just this freak chance, we... we ha and we have to open Bumble yeah. and both have to start swiping at exactly the right time or we never, ever meet. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, um, it's crazy. It's uh, existentially, it's so freaky. We talked about mm -hmm. that early on, didn't we, that, as you know, we can make each other so happy and then think, God, imagine I wasn't online that day or my battery mm -hmm. had died or... You know, you never ever meet, so that's it's kind of crazy. And so many different probabilities, and you start thinking about. Okay, yeah. no, don't start. <laughs> He's gonna start. That's awesome and hilarious, and I love that. It's funny because Nick and I did. I swiped past him on Tinder, and I said, "She said no." no. 
So we actually did like cross paths online and I did I wasn't into that. Yeah, we figured that out. At <laughs> some point in our first year, I think of, of dating, we we put two and two together because we definitely we met at work and therefore we were would have been around some of the same circles. What are you looking for? Oh. My mom's calling. <laughs> Tell Barb to, to, Barb. We're, we're busy. Um, yeah, so we, we realized later on that we definitely, like, because we shared each other's, like, in, uh, tenders at some point when we kind of, like, started to take ourselves off of them. We were like, oh, by the way, this is what mine looks like, you know, kind of thing. And then it was in seeing some of the pictures that were like, man, that looks really familiar. <laughs> and then she put two and two together because uh, there was one per picture Nick in particular. was wearing, like, a cowboy hat, and he was like, like it's just the worst picture I've ever she seen. She was so turned off it's by very me. embarrassing. <laughs> and so right, she's but you you must have made some impression. I mean, I was gonna I was gonna say you must have made some impression and then I heard about the cowboy hat and now I don't need to <laughs> comment. <laughs> oh, you're the cowboy hat guy. I've told all my friends about you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I screenshot it and I was like, look at this weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but that's that's really pretty amazing. That's a that's a great story. I I've, I've thought about that. Um, you know, if you're kind of secreting ink for your entire life, we've spoken about this kind of theory that you know, would you at the end of your life look at a, you know your ink blot and realize that your paths crossed so many times before you met and stuff like that? Mm -hmm. um, I think the interesting thing now is, and that's because we predate. Um, you know, growing up, we would have predated kind of geolocations and stuff like that. But the interesting thing now is there will there will be people getting together in their 30s in 30 years time mm -hmm. that they could have gone, oh, look, we checked in at this re at this restaurant together, but we weren't together. And they'll yeah. be they have the kind of digital ink block. Well, we have a, a like very small example. Of Just that. step all over that analogy. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we realized that we were like one day out of being the same place doing a show together. That's right. The in the heights. In the I was at the final. I, I went to the penultimate. Yeah, yeah, yeah close. That was close. I do remember from your show that both of you connected on in the heights, and I, there was a small part of me that wondered if you would pick that for oh, for this gosh. episode. I, I'm Hamilton. assuming you've watched it, right? Did we watch it, it was Hamilton that we we really connected on. I think you. I had Hamilton listed because I had a uh, at the time I had like a, a online show about Hamilton where I'd play. Hamilton covers mixed in with like Michael Jackson or Disney and stuff. And um, so I had Hamilton like at the forefront of my online profile. Um, Hamilton t-shirt, cowboy hat, little tip. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you, that was the first thing you asked me was what's your favorite Hamilton lyric, I think. Uh -huh. And what and, is uh, it? I came back and said, um, I don't know if it was, but I had to play ball, right? So I, I, I came back and said um, that it was, the I want to um, sit, sit under my own vine and fig tree a moment alone in the shade mm -hmm. at home in this nation we've made. I thought it's, it's really beautiful. definitely not his favorite lyric, by the way. No, no I never. No, I never go. I to love it. the deep eye roll that happened, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so yeah, it was Hamilton that like I was our first conversation, but then very quickly we started talking about different musicals that we liked and yeah, musicals. Yeah, yeah. that I think that held me. I think it was like not to be too um, stereotypical, but I think my love of musicals really held me against the grain in terms of um, other guys on Bumble or whatever. I think there's a very yeah, I mean, masculine not, approach to online dating. And, like oh yeah, yeah, and I wasn't like that. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Because Andy's got such a diverse interest. Like he he loves football. He you know 
movies, musicals, there's so many different things that he's into that you, you're so a bit of a chameleon in that way, aren't you? Like, oh, yeah. So you, he can like turn a conversation to sort of whoever he's speaking to and have something to say about it, which is quite enviable, I think. But um, yeah, so it was musicals very much that kind of just like got us chatting. Yeah. It was... And interestingly, Groundhog Day, obviously there's a Tim Minchin, um, which I'm sure we'll talk about later, Tim Minchin wrote a musical version of Groundhog Day. Yeah. And it was a complete miss from me. And I love musicals, like absolutely all I listen to love musicals. And um, I've completely missed it. I didn't even know it existed. So that was yeah. something that Andy kind of, introduce me to yeah, that it, musical. Yeah, it, it definitely Anna Anna, you know, in terms of movie trivia, um it's it's my bag, your you know, part of it, but in musicals Anna Anna's seen way more than me, knows way more than me. Um but yeah, Groundhog Day only ran for uh two weeks in the UK. I saw it opening night and then it moved to Broadway. They moved the entire cast and crew to Broadway and I went over there and watched it as well. And um so that it's like a weird crossover, isn't it? Between like my passion and your passion. Yeah, and I kind of had this, you know, exciting. Oh, I didn't even know a, a musical of Groundhog Day existed. Yeah. And then since then, we've duetted the songs together. We have recordings of us singing the songs. Oh, um, yeah. So that's pretty cool. But I have another question. Okay. I didn't write no. anything down, but I got all the Go questions. Go for it. <laughs> so you've known each other for two years. What was the date and year when you met? <laughs> And how long of that was spent in quarantine? Good question. Um, so we met in person on the 29th of June, 2019, right? Mm-hmm. Should I get right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we went into, so essentially we met and then basically Andy never left. So we just kind of. <laughs> exactly. Like that was it. That was kind of anniversary. Too many movies. <laughs> the, uh, it, it would, the, the distance between our, um abodes was uh an hour so and you know a round trip would be two hours length of a movie just stay put yeah he just moved in essentially and had tenants in his house and, and left this ticking over for a year or so didn't you moved into my flat and then we went into lockdown in march 2020 yeah. and it's all been a blur since basically exactly. <laughs> i snuck a toothbrush in bristle by bristle <laughs> <laughs> i've never said bristle by bristle before and now i love it if I'm ever dating again, that'll be my profile. Andy Merriweather. Bristol by Bristol. I'm dating again. Right, well, I'm already planning. Was that? Was that? <laughs> That's hilarious. So you all like you survived quarantine because you basically started it when you didn't have to. You quarantined together immediately. <laughs> basically, yeah. I actually think we. Well, yeah. I feel like we've had this conversation quite recently that. Um, because we haven't been together very long actually lockdown in a funny sort of way really solidified our relationship we just had to spend loads of time together and mm. realized that actually yeah i'd pick him if i'm gonna choose anyone to kind of spend all day every day being bored with he's all right i'll keep him yeah i don't i don't like being bored and i i almost find it offensive yeah he's really not bored. Good at being bored. so <laughs> i think there's too much to learn there's too many things that are exciting there's you know there's there's an awful lot um in access mm. so i i don't like being bored and that's i guess that's good for a lockdown scenario so you can't you can't really be bored when it's like always firing mm-hmm. so um yeah that that worked out i suppose yeah yeah so i love how you all say that as if it was just this foregone conclusion but you don't believe andy in any kind of destiny or anything because i know a lot of people that if they were locked into <laughs> that scenario it would not 
result in them being like, oh, this is definitely the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. In fact, I am very solid in our relationship, but uh -oh. the pandemic has probably <laughs> been the most difficult time for us. I really sort of just how it affects each of us. Like me, I'm almost happy to to just never go out or see any other human being besides my wife. I, like I, if that was my existence, I might occasionally be sad, but I'd figure it out. Um, she, on the other hand, like the idea of not being able to see, especially family, but even friends. Like, I mean, the other day, my friends were like, well, why is she not just hanging out at home alone? Because I would go to play poker and you basically like were desperate to find someone to go hang out with so that you weren't just in the house alone. Because that is like recipe for misery for her. <laughs> um, so we had a solid relationship, luckily, going into pandemic. I'm not sure if it had hey! been that early in our relationship. <laughs> but I think our personalities, although we're very, very different as people in lots of ways, I think I, we're actually both quite good on our own and, and being kind of, I'm not a social butterfly at all. I've got a select few close friends, but I'm not, I've never been a party girl sort of thing, really. Um, and... I think you're probably similar in that way, aren't you? Like you like your movies, you've got your friends, but you're not like needing. Mm, yeah. Um, we should probably go ahead and move along. I don't. I I'm enjoying this conversation a great deal and genuinely feel like I could speak yeah, to you yeah. for hours. But when are you guys press and record, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, we do have another segment to cover. Okay. All right. Before we move on to the the movie. Well, so. you should ask. Is there any last, any final words? She's right that you want to say about your love story that we didn't really talk about? Yeah, your well, life, your love. we talked about your, your intro, but, you know, just dating in general, things like that. The 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 dating the marriage, thing we helped. Very new marriage. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, uh, so, but dating is, you know, I guess if we're doing a kind of a, a yin and yang versus, you know, America versus. Yeah. We don't really know what the dating world is like over there, but I think um, based on TV shows and stuff like that, that there's, I think it's a lot more relaxed. And I think it's a lot more, um, the the steps aren't as, I think they're more sort of glued together. I think it's one smooth courtship rather than what, here or there? over here. Right. Because I think based on what we've seen, and it might be just kind of Hollywoodized, but it feels like there's a kind of, we're seeing each other then we're going steady and then and then mm -hmm. the, the l word seems like really important over in america whereas yeah um, here it's i think it's a little looser i think there's also something to be said about um the difference in how we've kind of dated and ended up where we are now compared to if we'd have met when we were a lot younger as well i think like what andy said earlier about the fact that we'd had a love like you know relationships loves that had not worked out and been heartbreaking all those kind of things mm. I think we both well I certainly came into our relationship actually just quite jaded with the whole thing I was like I know I want to settle down I want to meet someone to kind of share my life with I want to have a family with those sorts of things I just got to the point where I was a bit over it and so I think that just puts a very different spin on how you enter into a relationship and 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 how you tackle it and I think for us I actually didn't take Andy very seriously originally. I was kind of like, he's probably just another expletive from the internet that I just, <laughs> you know, he's going to move on in a few weeks or whatever. So I kind of didn't 
give him his due, I guess, in lots of ways. Um, I was just like, we'll see how it goes. But it's gone wrong so many times up to mm. now. Um, but Andy being the personality that he is, he's so all in and like such a package. And you have like just like so all feeling and all being that, you know, I couldn't almost help but be like, oh, bloody hell, actually. OK, like he is he is for real here. And then, like, once that had kind of penny had dropped, we just got swept into this kind of amazing romance that is very much based on friendship, actually. We're, like, yeah. we love spending time together. We're really good friends. And then... Yeah, I just... think your mum convinced you. She, like, your mum was like, she'll watch this now, she'll... Mm. But I think when you weren't taking it seriously, your mum was like, Anna, he's, he's, all in. he's Come on. Yeah. putting in a lot of effort in that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think I think maybe part of it was me sort of subconsciously protecting my own my own heart and not wanting to get hurt. And yeah, I don't know. But then once I'd kind of jumped that hurdle, we were we were all in, and, and it really has been just this. I mean, obviously, like life is hard and and things are challenging, and we're not perfect, and we argue and all those sorts of things. But like, it's been pretty pretty cool since. Yeah, think. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. My goal is to just be one of those couples that everyone's envious of. We're doing all right. <laughs> Yeah. no it's nice it's, it is nice and uh but he does love an argument so i like an argument it gets my, it gets me going yeah and i don't love I like an it. argument so. okay i will i'll i'll take the other opinion just to just to get that going yeah 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 no problem but yeah um so yeah to answer your question absolutely no final words so <laughs> <laughs> we just drag on and on i did it over you then i just went, waffled yeah sorry so the next segment I'm, this is just actually andy i wanted to give you how it feels for when the hosts are having a conversation i kind of like c <laughs> people Listen, hate that of, uh, up of ours, movie lovers, if you haven't listened to uh, Settle the Score, you should go listen to that and you'll understand what that joke is. But yeah, what yeah. In, we are in reality doing over here is Danny is looking at our next segment that we're going to have called Closer Through Science. So, hmm. oh, you're gonna are you gonna tell us what Closer no, Through Science Nick, is? Tell us what Closer Through okay. Science is. Closer Through <laughs> Science is uh, a where we ask a series of questions, and these are actually genuinely a scientific study uh, by. Uh, I'm always forgetting that author's name, Aaron at uh, all 1997. This is a real social psychology study where they basically discovered, hey, if you take two strangers and you make them answer these questions while staring each other in the eyes, they will actually genuinely feel closer to that person by the end of the conversation. So interesting. Wait, his name's Aaron, Aaron at all. Yeah, that's so him and others. No. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. What a cop out. <laughs> Like that was like a great Dave, Dave was there going, Can I have my name on it? And he's like, I'll just put Ethel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next question on the list. So you both have to answer. Mm -hmm. How close well, whilst looking each other in the eyes. <laughs> whilst looking us in the eyes. Oh, I see. Right. And I want you to stare directly into our eyes on the camera. Okay. I'm looking okay. at baby yoda instead of your eyes okay how close <laughs> and warm is your family and do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people's there's not a short answer to that question is that surely um, <laughs> i know these are i mean these are we're deep. getting into the deeper ones okay let's do it let's do eye contact 30. i 
my my family are definitely warm i will give an example um at so i have a huge huge family my mum is one of 14 Holy um, crap. yeah <laughs> and so um are you catholic yeah yeah i i, I was yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was um so i i've been to um well even but by the time I had kind of cognitive reasoning, I'd been to so many weddings and funerals that it kind of, the whole idea of it all, um, it, it, it lost a lot of meaning, especially funerals, which in in Ireland anyway, are kind of celebrations. That's, they're, they're, they're treated a lot more sorrowful here in the UK, but in, in Ireland, um, where my family are from, they're very celebratory. And I remember being at my granddad's funeral and my granddad was, uh, um, an Irish champion weightlifter and oh uh, tenor singer and one of these, you know, multitude people. I guess he's got a lot of passions like I do. Um, and uh, there were a lot of people at his funeral and the party afterwards um, that we had in in celebration of him, someone was leaving um, at, towards the end of the party or whatever, maybe not, but they were leaving. And as they left, they were like, oh, can we come to the next family party? And then realized what they'd said and was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Completely <laughs> forgot it was a funeral. <laughs> Whereas we were like, what do you mean when, like, <laughs> you know, Uncle Bob pops his car? Faster than the next oldest person in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it was, I think that kind of anecdote has, has gone down as legend because that's exactly right. It's exactly what my family look for. Um past girlfriends I've had, um, hi if you're watching, um, they tend to want to, it's it's kind of evident, isn't well, it? it's Does your it, mum, isn't it? It's, yeah, my mum is yeah. very, she's she's the arms around the world type uh -huh. and they feel uh, very welcome. And I've, I've joked about it, but when I've broken up with girls before um, and they start to cry, <laughs> I'm sat there going, I know the scent about me. <laughs> I know you're, it's because it's because I'm breaking. My mum's now breaking up with you. <laughs> so yes, very warm family, very welcoming. Everyone wants to be a part of the Norris family. It really is like that. That's my family name on my mum's side. And uh, super super happy childhood. I was a happy baby anyway, as far as I remember, or being told. Mm -hmm. So yeah, super happy. Um, what were you, Nightmare? What? <laughs> Your family. No, I love them. They're great. Um, my, <laughs> very it's really funny, actually, because we have, I think, although sort of you were brought up in a religious household and I wasn't, I think our families actually have quite similar sort of core values. And, oh, yeah. yeah, very much kind of, yeah, just just share those core values of, sure. sort of being kind and, and good people and those sorts of things. Um, our mums, our mums get on very yeah, well. They've just booked good. a theatre show to go together, yeah, right? And yeah. They go for afternoon tea together. And stuff. Yeah, they're really so good. British. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. They get on really well. Afternoon tea together. Yeah, that is yeah. very British. <laughs> <laughs> um, but my family was very different in a lot of ways from Andy's in that neither of my parents have siblings, so it was literally me, my mum, my dad, my sister, and my granny, my mum's mum. We lived together in a house and. That was us you know we have my dad has we have sort of family that we saw once or twice a year um kind of christmas and those sorts of things but it was really just us um and you know i was very loved and 
felt very safe and happy and yeah had a brilliant childhood my sister I sort of always say is my first and best friend you know we're super close she uh, deserves a medal because I was just so demanding and a nightmare little sister but she yeah we were just best friends and you know have been sort of ever since um didn't really need much more than that if, if that makes sense I think that's probably why I'm not kind of a big showy personality who needs lots of people around me because it was just us when I was little um and yeah and now my family's different in that I lost my dad when I was 21 21 um, and that left kind of a big hole in a very small family unit. And it took us quite a long time to kind of find our way. But my mum's sort of remarried and she's got this big, we call it our patchwork family. Um, my mum's um, husband has got five children who, have, you know, three of them are kind of younger and then two similar age to me and my sister. And um, yeah, we're just this big patchwork family, all different types of people. And it's, it's brilliant. It's kind of, lovely and, and very different to how we grew up but equally great so yeah I've always just felt very loved I suppose that's the still awesomely <laughs> warm that's awesome that is great also that's very lovely I could just listen to you guys talk because I like your accent it's the accent you've got Anna's got a, we we have this thing where basically if Anna says one of the um one of the posher words, the posher versions of the words that I would use because I'm from a more common. No, it's not that. It's, it's um, what's the word? Um, like location. Yeah. Um, there's a word for it. Like regional dialect. Yes, thank you. Regional uh, dialect. Like you say, you're from Wiltshire, so mm -hmm. you say sounds differently. I'm from. Yeah, I'll London, say so. keep off the grass, and you say keep, keep off the, the grass. grass. Yeah. yeah. I say the R sound like raspberry or grass or yeah. bath. Yeah. Um, so, and he always takes every time time she says something like, um, can you get me a glass of water? I'm like, well, oh, and, and some raspberries, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> she sounds posh to me. Is, um, and I'd rather have some grey poupon. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't exactly. Be <laughs> no, no, that was perfect. That was perfect. I, I, I looked at Anna thinking, is that is deeper than you normally sound? Oh no. It's like... <laughs> okay. Well, we, we'll take a quick break, uh, listeners, and then we will come back listening to what movie, Mary Weathers? Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. Apostrophe. Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did Google it. It was only one. In love with movies. Da -da -da. In love with movies. Da -da -da. And we're back. Welcome back, movie lovers, to In Love with Movies. And now we are going to get to discuss uh, the actual movie uh, that we are reviewing today Groundhog Day. Groundhog's and, Day. No, we, we all know <laughs> this. It's only one groundhog. There's not more so, than one. So, Nick, of them. tell us about this movie. <laughs> all right. So, just basics of the movie. This is a 1993, for those of you who don't know, uh, starring Bill Murray. It's got Harold Ramis directed it. A little bit of a fun fact for some people who may not know this. This movie is supposedly the reason that their friendship basically broke up. Uh, Harold Ramis and, and Bill Murray. I don't know how much we'll get to talk about that. Uh, but also, uh, Andy McDowell and People may not know this name, Chris Elliott, but if anybody is a fan of Shit's Creek, it is Roland Shit. And so uh, another yeah. face earlier on in the career uh, that you, you might not have known, as well as as well as many others. But uh, those are the kind of the main players. So. And another fun fact that we learned from my uncle when we were telling him we were going to watch the movie is that a lot of it was filmed in 
uh, Woodstock, Woodstock, Illinois. Hmm, now right. we're away from where we live right now. Oh, no way. Yeah, you can see it on the store names. In the yeah, it's at like Woodstock Jewelers and stuff like that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and that, that whole square is apparently exactly as it seems in the movie. Right. You, you can see it on Google Maps at least. <laughs> you Google there. mapped it? Great. Google mapped it. All right, so um, Mary Weathers, tell us your love story with this movie, which love story is not like your love story. What is love story? It's the first time you ever saw the movie. Yeah, okay. Um, that's kind of why we picked this movie, right? It's why we picked this yeah, movie. Why we picked it, yeah. I guess it goes yeah. along with your love story. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so oh, it was about, it was only a few days after we met, I guess, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Um, Anna's local cinema, which is the same cinema chain that we have the unlimited card for, but this is near where she used to live. Um, so her local were doing a double feature of Groundhog Day, so this is only two years ago, and Jaws. And oh. both movies are in my top five all time. Oh, wow. And so I was like, you know, are you up for seeing these Here's two? where the education starts. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and I was like, are you up for seeing either one of these movies? Like, I, you know, I try to see Jaws whenever it's in the cinemas anyway. And, um, and we went for it and we, yeah, we basically saw Groundhog Day, then had some dinner and then went to see Jaws back to back. And so it was either one of those two films were going to be our discussion point for today. Mm -hmm. um, and Jaws we've now seen again and again. And Groundhog Day we've revisited just for this. But you, you'd never seen either film before. No. So, wow. yeah, essentially we picked it because it's our first film together. So it kind of sparked everything. Um, but also, uh, I guess... It has a lot of interesting themes regarding, um, you know, uh, mm. yeah, well, um, selflessness in regard to, uh, like, sacrificial selflessness in order to uh, obtain love. Yeah. And then there's, um, with us spending the majority of our love life in lockdown and having that kind of same routine, being stuck in the same four walls over and over again. So Groundhog Day has that about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's essentially the reason we picked it. I have a somewhat distinct memory of this movie being Groundhog Day, the first movie, the first time I ever understood the concept of suicide. Mm. Like there's obviously that whole montage where he's basically doing that several times. Mm -hmm. And the mm. one that stood out to me, because it was so cliche, I know at the time was the whole toaster oven in the bathtub. Yeah. And I have like a va more vague memory of actually asking like, what's happening? Why is he throwing? Like I did not understand because obviously they don't, show anything gruesome or anything like that mm. and i didn't understand it my parents had to explain to me uh like he is you know killing himself that it will electrocute and you know his life will end mm. and like that was because i watched this movie i don't know when it, when it if it was 93 i probably watched it sometime 94 95 so i would have been you know 10 at the most yeah um it's pretty early to yeah. <laughs> understand the concept of suicide but anyway. yeah that makes sense yeah that makes sense because you kind of you kind of grow up knowing that you shouldn't put your fingers in the plug sockets and things like that, but mm -hmm. no one ever goes to don't take the toaster to the bathroom. Yeah, <laughs> not a thing. That's true. Um, and um, I had never seen this movie either, okay, <laughs> so this cool, was my yeah. first time seeing this movie. But I, being in the comedy world, like this is a staple, something that's referred to constantly i mean it's bill murray and harold ramis and harold ramis is a chicago guy so and Sarah, i mean second city has second the city harold ramis film school yeah, so mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. exactly yeah. so 
anyways, I'm very glad I finally watched it. It wasn't one where I was like, <laughs> no, I don't want to see it. It was just like, that was never my first pick. I'd go back to Legally Blonde 500 times before I would watch this, but I'm glad that we watched it. <laughs> okay, cool. And what what's it like, Danny, watching it with, um, I mean, this is similar for you, but yeah. um, it seems like the world is changing all the time. But what's it like watching it with sort of 2021 eyes? Because it has aged a little as comedies tend to do. Yeah. You know, it wasn't as, uh, the comedy was not as old as a lot of, even like watching Friends, you're like, oh, that's sexist mm -hmm. or that's homophobic. And like, right, right. that's only like 10 years, well, I, 20 years, I, I, you said they're 20 years. Yeah. Movies, but. I think interestingly, Chris Elliott was in There's Something About Mary as well, right? And yeah. um, has all the hives. And uh, I can't watch There's Something About Mary now. I find that very, very dated in yeah. terms of um, comedy style. I think Groundhog Day. I think the that whole crew of, you know, the Ghostbusters um, crew and like that old SNL group, mm -hmm. they really did find the kind of classic window. I think the same with like Trains, Planes and yeah. mm -hmm. it's just, it it is timeless. I didn't think comedy could be timeless properly. I think it, comedy evolves especially movie genre comedy evolves way faster than drama. I think drama can last a lot longer. Horror lasts a lot longer, but comedy really finds, finds itself dated a few years out. I mean, American Pie is so dated, but this yeah. is going back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, yeah. It just, for whatever reason. But do you think that's because it's a bit of a, well, it's kind of a, such an arc, like a personal journey for him. It's almost like a commentary on all of those sort of things that we might find challenging now you know like the way he treats some of the women and things like that like it, it's almost it's, it's a comment it's not that's, mm, mm. it's happening in the movie but it's a commentary on on yeah he's, why that he's not like the cool guy yeah, on his exactly. girls. yeah exactly he's supposed to be an asshole yeah yeah, yeah no, and exactly. it's challenging even like in the 90s. some like it hot are doing something that holds up today even though it is two guys dressed as girls it doesn't hold up as well as something made 60 years later in white checks and it's because they know they're doing something wrong mm -hmm. in the characters know they're doing something wrong and they address it that way mm -hmm. and they get offended when men treat them differently and so mm -hmm. they're they're holding a mirror up more yeah. yeah and there is a little bit of that in Groundhog Day there's just I think the part of it that I think if I was watching it for the first time there's a there's a, a so much manipulation of even Rita like his final yeah. day with Rita and falling in love with her mm -hmm. still has so much to it. And um, I have I have an incredible um, lifelong built up rant about about Groundhog Day that I, Anna's heard and some other people have heard. No one seems to care, but we're now we're talking about it on a podcast. But um, I'll, I'll touch on it right now. And, and this is why Phil's last day wasn't perfect. Has to be right. So the idea is that. Um, um, Phil Connors, um, he rejects Rita. He bookends the movie by rejecting Rita. He, he first of all rejects her for going out for dinner with her, her and Larry that night at the start of the movie. Sure. Um, he ends the movie in a completely different way. Um, and I said to Anna earlier, one of the more realistic movie arcs or character arcs, because um, normally they take place over a movie length, um, this character, depending on how you feel about it, took place over, you know, 50 years. His character, it yeah. took that long and he got worse in the meantime. Yeah. Um, but uh, 
when he in his final day when he says rita is so impressed by his um his kind of eulogizing speech of the groundhog day that she offered that she asked him out for coffee basically asking him on a date and it's everything that he's wanted and he's worked so hard in trying to figure her out and find out what she likes and be the perfect guy and now she's asking him on a date right at the top of the day mm. and he says no i've got some errands to run and he basically spends the day being the perfect guy and the townspeople love him and all that kind of stuff um and uh this is an aside but i do not know how he got physical wrestlemania tickets in a in a situation that he's in there's no possible way he got physical wrestlemania tickets. for michael shannon by the way michael shannon plays Fred. Um, i noticed that <laughs> yeah uh so anyway but he spends the day being a perfect guy and also what's interesting is in the musical and because i've seen the musical a few times um i know the differences and one of the differences is um she doesn't say that line in the musical she says he's good isn't he Rita says, yeah. And she goes, that's my piano. Mm. And I think it's because they know. It doesn't make sense that she yeah. knows who he is. <laughs> that yeah. gave me pause too when they when she said that. I was like, that, like you said, it's weird that she'd be that proud if it's, it's just one day of him playing. Yeah. yeah or, exactly. like, or if nothing else, she'd be like, you know, you wouldn't be that impressed by it. Now, I do think he could have done a lesson because the timing, I think it could happen. Oh, you know, there's, I, I just, the time, the timing could, could yeah, it could happen. The timing could happen, but then he definitely has to rob the bank. And I don't think, that's the, the best day to end on. Okay. If he fine. if he robs the bank, yeah. And also he did he does buy all the insurance off of um off of Ned Ryerson, yeah. which makes me think he did rob the bank. And I don't think then he's having a beautiful next day with Rita if he did that. Uh oh. Oh, you've got me there in terms of I don't know about the Ned Ryerson and the lots of but I guess maybe my same argument could still hold here. If you eventually got to the point where you knew you weren't uh you know, you, you just assumed you were never gonna see tomorrow. Hmm. He's a rich enough guy that he probably could take enough money out of the bank to just mm -hmm. have it be his own money if he wanted to go have the lesson. That's and true. Similarly, like probably make Ned's day for that one day saying, yeah, I'll sign on the dotted line that I owe yeah. you this mm -hmm. amount of money in life insurance because you're just presuming to yourself like I, I don't actually. So what would be more interesting is he wakes up the next day <laughs> with Rita and <laughs> has all these bills that he now has to pay yeah, and no, exactly, rob yeah. the bank because he was no. being an altruistic person. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, his 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 overall living costs will be so diminished by living in punks' tawny. That's very but, true. Uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I, I think going back to the comedy, Danny, I think some of the some of the things that hold up and even. There's some things that I, you know, I would have watched this film when I was seven for the first time, probably, um, and then have watched it, you know, so frequently since. But one of the lines that gets me now, and it's one of those things where as a kid, you don't really understand the what's really being said. And one of the things I love is how they are showing you that he hates this town so much is when the cop says to him, um, you can go back to Punxsutawney or you can go ahead and freeze to death. And Phil goes, I'm thinking. <laughs> and I think that's brilliant. I think that's so good. Like he really is, or you know, in a jokey way, considering is it better to die or go back to this hellhole? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really good setup. And that, you know, he, sh he shows a lot of jealousy that I didn't catch before. You know, um, like I said to Anna uh, earlier when we were watching it, he's not, he's not the most famous Phil in town. He's not right. the most famous weatherman in town and he's not the most famous weatherman named Phil in town. <laughs> and it must hurt. That must hurt him for the type of guy that he is. 
I was going to ask if, like, I wrote down when they first said his name was Phil. Uh, I was like, is he named? Is Punxsutawney Phil named after the character? But then I realized it's the other way around that his name just happens to be Phil. And that's the mm-hmm. same. But it's definitely yeah, bruising yeah. his ego. Yeah. For sure. I never exactly, even yeah. thought about that. You know, I agree that, like, Bill Murray, he's not my favorite comedian. I think he's he's a, he's a pain in the butt. But I think that he's brilliant in this movie because, like you said, Anna, it it's not dated because he's genuinely a jerk. Like, it's not mm-hmm. supposed to be um like what is it irreverent or like there's subtle sexism or whatever it's he's just subtle. a bad dude and the yeah. movie's like this is not cool but he mm-hmm. plays it so well the line that made me chuckle so much was when he said he's on the phone he's like what if there is no tomorrow there wasn't one today <laughs> yeah that's a great that's a great line that's a great line oh man and the and the uh a few things anna said because anna knows the musical so well now from the soundtrack um, there were scenes in the movie that I guess you forgot how short they were. And there are whole songs based on that one moment. Yeah. Um, some really, really funny, lengthy songs that are just a snapshot in the movie. And it's really mm-hmm. interesting to see how they, what they, what they, they extended, them, yeah, yeah, what they pulled apart. And yeah, it's, it, that kind of stuff is very interesting. Um, I, I highly recommend the soundtrack if you guys, um, yeah, we should get, play that. It's really cool. I similarly yeah. was not aware that it was a thing. And so now I'm I'm desperately wanting to. Oh, it's so Honestly, good. It's, it's beautiful. I think the thing that, because I'd obviously seen the movie, we went to cinema to see it before I listened to the soundtrack or kind of had any understanding of the fact that there was a, a musical. Um, I love Tim Minchin. So I, as soon as Andy said it, I was like, it was going to be brilliant. Um, but it was, there's a song, I think it's the finale, Seeing You, right? Seeing You. Yeah, the last song in the show has this really beautiful, the lyrics are just amazing. It, it's, um, I'm here and I'm fine and I'm seeing you for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that just hit me right there when I heard those lyrics. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, like that just sums up this kind of journey that this character's been on. And he, yeah, after how, you know, however many days he's been living in this kind of, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. he's like had this epiphany. And the way that Tim Minchin's written that in this beautiful yeah, really, song that kind of made him a that. lot softer. Yeah, I, I I still I think I cringe a little when Bill Murray tells Rita he loves her mm-hmm. on that final day because she hasn't spent the day with him. Mm-hmm. Like they can't. I know like she's swept up in how incredible he is, but it feels a little manipulative. And then he says, "I'm happy now um, because I love you." And I wonder every time oh. I go, she should go. Wait, that's still too yeah. soon. But then. he's told her the deal, right? You know when they're in they're dancing on the dance floor and Ross Faith is saying, let's do the auction. Mm. They have a moment where they're talking about something. She, he tells her what's happened in that moment, right? If that's true, I've never noticed it before. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Are you sure? I think so. That's unbelievable. I didn't catch that. I've never caught that, that he's, t- he's told her. She just I'm goes, there's something seven. different about you. And then he says something. He says a line. I can't remember what it is. Like, let me tell you. Or like he says something. Oh wow, that. that's crazy. And then you the see the camera there, pans yeah. out, and you see them having a com- like looking eyes, having a conversation. You don't know what they say, but my interpretation was that he was telling her. Wow, that's crazy. That, that changed. That's crazy. That might, that's might be everything. absolute shite. Yeah, anyway, that's so different. That's, that's so different. That's why I took from it today watching it. So he's he's doing the fifty first dates like sure uh, explanation where he's like. I, yeah. I've fallen in love with you over many, many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just don't remember. Yeah. Wow. 
that's different, it's, man. That's a whole other different layer. movie. I mean, we might well have to watch it again, and I might be completely wrong, but that's why I took from it today. So. That's so funny. That's so funny. I've never noticed that. Before. I like that. Crazy. That's, yeah, that's I, nuts. Never, never, ever mm-hmm. noticed that. Mind blown. What is it? The student teaching the teacher? <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly. Can you, can you guys? Can you guys hear? I want to. I, can you guys hear the piano? Right now. Yeah. I don't hear no. anything piano wise. Just unplug that, and I'll turn it up a bit. It should pick up in the mic. Yeah. So that's not now feeding through the, the mixer, but it goes. Um, I just wanted to play the melody because it's it's just a particularly beautiful. To seeing you, yeah. Seeing you. Yeah. The that line that Anna said, I wanted to give it the context of the melody because I think it's so important. And it goes. Um, it goes. Uh, but I'm here and I'm fine and I'm seeing Yeah, it's really, really beautiful. Aww. Okay, um, so I just had so many thoughts. Nick's one, crying right now. Yeah, <laughs> uh, one, yes, you're beautiful, and as usual. Two, thank you so much. I did not expect us to have listeners. You, you all just got a treat. Three, uh, only a true musician would be like, no, 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 no. The, the lyric is not enough. You need to hear the <laughs> like melody, melody of yeah. the. It is a beautiful melody, yeah. Because I, I think, like, when, when, when you know how a song goes and someone says the line to you automatically play the melody in your head and i think even how beautiful those lyrics are Mm -hmm. um don't have as much weight as that sweet little um just that kind of swaying melody yeah the first time so andy was like you need to know this musical like you know all other musicals so he sat down on the piano he had the kind of um sheet music in front of him and he was like we're gonna learn this song Mm. and like kind of what I was going to say is what Tim Minchin I think has done is picked up on all those little nuances in the film Mm. and kind of put them at the forefront yeah so when we were learning um that bit of seeing you I just choked I couldn't get my voice out could I I was like oh this is too much yeah yeah one of those yeah one of those songs that just break it yeah yeah I did make a note that so like I do think it's more timeless but it seems like maybe they're showing you every day and like you there is no extra time that you don't see there's there's never too many explicit places in this movie where they say it is the case as compared to say something like palm springs where i feel like palm springs Mm -hmm. that movie there are specific times like whole conversations where it's like you don't understand i've been here for thousands of years you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i have lived so many lives um but I think the implication, as you all are pointing out, and I didn't even know that clearly the the musical must, you know, is kind of confirming this. Like, he did the same thing. And that's like the growth that needed to happen for him Mm. to be able to get to the point where he is, for all the times that he's spent, for all the days that he's spent with her, uh, like it is the first time that he's he's truly, he had to become a completely different person. Yeah, Yeah. I was talking about this earlier. Yeah, I think think I'm one of the people that thinks he spent a lot longer than people assume. Um, I think we're talking about hundreds of years, whereas I think most people subscribe to about 30 to 40 years. I'm going to say I'm in that. But basically, I mean, you're talking about um, someone going from not learning piano to learning piano, but as an adult, when you're a kid, you can, even Mm -hmm. if you put in those out, but he has to, he has to wait and rob the bank at exactly the right time every day and then get to a piano lesson. So he hasn't got all day and then he can only have the piano lesson for as long as he can have it. And he has to do that and become a perfect ice sculptor um, and all those things. And he does make reference to the fact that they're throwing cards into the hat, right? Uh-huh. 
and That's she says day. i she says i could never get good at this and he says no you could like six months three to four hours a day and so he's taught he that's the time of passage that he spent doing it yep he's telling you that and then when they go to see um good bad and ugly he's dressed up as clint eastwood and he says uh, i've seen this movie a hundred times mm. that's a hundred days mm. and he just gives you those little throwaway things like how long he spent in there and he says hi nancy as <laughs> he walks by <laughs> but yeah um yeah and i think it's interesting again i just love the musical so much but, but that that's Going back to what we we're talking about in terms of our relationship, that's what I find so brilliant about watching films with Andy is that I would watch that film previously and be like, oh yeah, cool. Like he spent, you know, a year or whatever in that kind of nightmare and then it ended. I wouldn't have thought about it. Mm. But then you get this kind of essay at the end of the movie. <laughs> um, but even even the even the the passage, the uh in the musical, it's the one day passage where he's she's le he's learning um exactly what Rita likes yeah. and it's the uh, sweet of a move on the rocks with a twist um you expect her to go oh actually this drink reminds me of this but no that one he's got she says I agree so that means you've skipped him learning that a series of yep I kind of felt so that, that too. yeah so there are like days and days and days and days of skipping stuff um in order to get to these and you can see they show you the two scenes of the snowball one where he nails it and the other one where he's yes. so over the top because he's fed up of it. Now that is, I've done this day so many times yeah. and I haven't got my, got uh, yeah, I haven't sat with her or whatever. Mm. Um, in the musical, exactly, exactly that. He says, um, she goes, Phil, you bought me candies. And he goes, I bought you candies. Can I get in your panties? And slap. <laughs> and, like, um, <laughs> and he says, I'm not, a, he sings like, I'm not a fictional man. I'm just me. He can't be everything she wants him to be. He can't. It's impossible. Mm -hmm. And you see him drive himself to insanity. You see him drive to suicide trying to be everything on her tip list. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't because work. He's only got a day. Yeah, yeah because he's only got a day. That goes to what the, the core is and how it ties back into relationships. And I think that it's the the realization that you can't try to be everything on everyone's tick list. So exactly. at different points in my life and in my relationships, I can remember literally using that as a analogy where it would be like you're creating out of every relationship that you have. We talked about baggage earlier, uh, you know, and, and unpacking it. The idea that you're creating sort of a, a checklist of the things that you're looking for in a relationship. And I have discovered that that's not really like in my most recent sort of serious relationship before Danielle, there was someone who did check like almost every box you know they were they were driven they were interested in video games they liked watching movies with me a lot of things danielle uh doesn't have in common they had large boobs true. <laughs> this individual did have very nice large but like each one about the size of my head uh but anyway <laughs> a couple of times. <laughs> the point being like but there was just no spark there like it wasn't working you know what i mean like but on paper this person ticked every box and, right right and i think that's the it's only when Phil stops trying to be everything for her and just kind of tries to improve himself for his self-improvement's sake that then he becomes something more, something uh, higher, and he's more sort of self-actualized. And that's actually the thing that's more uh, attractive and more serious of their relationship is him just be kind of eventually becoming comfortable and confident in the person that he is. Mm. Yeah, no, completely agree. And actually, he he ends the movie on on the final perfect day. He shows a little bit of ego because that's who he is. He has a. She tells yeah. him at the start, um, "You have an ego. It's your defining characteristic." 
And at the end, when he's doing the ice sculptor and he's like joking, you know, you paid top dollar for me and, you know, yeah, whatever. And he's cool. like, he has, a, he has these like inflections of ego, which she finds charming mm -hmm. because it's all about context. He's, yeah. he is allowed to be ego driven. He is allowed to have that. Like he, he is a TV personality. Mm. but he is way more himself than when he's trying to be the perfect guy for sure so yeah i completely agree with you i have a question mm. and this is for anyone in the room oh, okay like did he know that do you all think that he was supposed to know that what he was doing was going to get him to the next day or why did he all of a sudden choose to just be a good person i don't think so i think too much time has passed for him to consciously think this is going to get me out mm. of this. I think it's just so, so many things have happened. So much time have passed that he just, it's, that's just his art. That's just where he ends up. Yeah, he says like, it, Being a good person is the best thing to be. He says, I, no matter what happens tomorrow for the rest of my life, I'm happy now. Yeah. And I think, I genuinely think he had the intention. I don't think it's realistic. I think he had the intention that that would be the day he does every single day now. Mm. To end up happy with Rita in the evening. Interesting. Mm. You know, the one thing I thought about today actually because we live in a city and we walked but i walked past an alley and it smelled really bad because it's chicago and mm. i thought about the scene with the homeless person the homeless person mm -hmm. and like um this movie's really smart in that like that wasn't a main plot point but it was also just very interesting to keep it real in the movie of like this guy's meant to die today no matter what he tried a million different ways yeah. and he still died they leave it ambiguous like did phil manage to save this guy did he because you'd think as part of that guy, uh, part of his day, catching the kid out of the tree, jacking the tire, the steak down the throat, you'd think part of that day would be getting this guy in a cafeteria and giving him some soup. But they completely leave it up to you to decide. Um, the the, the musical is defining it, it has him die. Yeah, well, I think what you were going to say was it, you see his sort of dying breath. And oh, then and then Phil looks up to Phil God. Phil looks up to God. And the I God. Yeah, and, and I took, like, looks up to the heavens, whatever, and I took that as, like, okay. Exciting. Yeah. Mm, yeah, I was going to and I think that's part of his journey, too, is, like, he's going to, it's all about, you know, self-actualization, obviously, and it's that realization that he's going to do all the things that he can do. Like, he, if he catches that kid, that kid probably, you know, doesn't get maimed for the rest of his life or die. Mm. You know, if he is able to, you know, unjack that woman's car or he's able to, you know, uh, give the Heimlich to the, the Punxsutawney leader guy. All of those things are like going to change the the outcome. They're going to change the result of like that person either dies, hurts, whatever, gets to where they need to get going. Yeah, yeah. But you can assume that he spent potentially years worth of days, if not at least months of trying to do whatever he could yeah. to keep that old man from dying. Yeah, and then that's, the that's what... like, it's just out of my hands. You can only... Yeah affect the things that you have control over and you have to yeah. give up on and accept the things that you can't 100 mm -hmm. and that's why i think it's so um powerful when he uses um terms of endearment regarding father i think it's really interesting to think how long has he spent with this guy that he's mm -hmm. developed that with him let's talk about the fact that he spent 50 years doing this right what are the things that he doesn't have to do because i know what triggered it it's because in the film, she says, don't you worry about cholesterol, lung cancer, etc." Mm -hmm. And he says, I don't worry about anything. In the in the play, she, he's running to meet someone and he's out of breath. And he's like, I just can't seem to build up my stamina. And Rita says, well, they say if you do a little bit every day. And he goes, yeah, you'd think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's a really funny moment in the play. But um, 
so he has all these things that he could yeah his physiological being stays the same right so i have a feeling that you know they they actually reach the next day they reach february 3rd and they're going to move to punxsutawney or whatever now i think about six months from then rita says why aren't you cutting your fingernails and he goes oh crap i haven't cut my fingernails in 50 years i completely <laughs> forgot <laughs> because he wouldn't have cut his fingernails he, he doesn't have to there'd be so mm-hmm. many things like that yeah yeah there's all these little things like he hasn't had a shower in that long a hot shower mm. he hasn't yeah he, he won't have had to do anything his hair won't have grown like there'll be all these little things that he'll have forgotten that have you know these are part of human yeah habits yeah. that he's completely forgotten and yeah he won't have built up stamina he won't have none of it none of it matters i thought about what would happen if he was a female first period <laughs> first time you've had a period no. in 50 years yeah or what if you had a period that whole time oh, oh my god, god. Wanna... Oh, god yeah <laughs> <laughs> That Groundhog Day for you falls just in the worst throes <laughs> of your yeah, 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 yeah. Ramps every day. Do, do That's you, a whole um, circle of hell right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, all right. Do, is there anything else that you had, Danny? Uh, I've got one. I've got one more thing. Yes. And I, I don't think it's a thing that people know um, necessarily. And I think it's so it passes by so quickly. Tell us. When Rita's falling asleep, when she says, maybe I should just like spend the night at yours just to see what happens. Um, the classic for science thing. Um, <laughs> she, the, the scene picks up and he says, um, and she says, oh, sorry, I fell asleep. And he says, that's okay. I think you got up to the line, but only God can make a tree. And um, if you guys don't know this, um, I, I did write it down to make sure I got it exactly right. But this is a poem by Joyce Kilmer, and it's called Trees. And I think it's really, really important to what happens next for Phil, because he spends his day with Rita after telling her everything. And he does that kind of, you know, Bruce Almighty thing of predicting when everything's going to happen. And she says, right, what's going on? How do you know all this stuff? And then decides to spend the day with him. And it's after that that he wakes up the next day, Rita's gone, and he puffs his chest out. And now he's going to be selfless and try and be better. And, it, and I think this poem that he's reading, Rita, is so prevalent. And the poem is, that le- ends in the line he says, he says, uh, the poem goes, I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. Poems are made by fools like me, but only God can make a tree. And considering the guy spends the entire movie referring to himself as a God, um, for him to acknowledge that... Um, I'm a fool and only God can make something as beautiful as a tree. He's distancing himself from an omnipotence mm. and therefore just be a better guy. And I think it's so important that he's reading that poem as him and Rita depart at 5.59 in the morning. And then the next day he's changed. I think it's as important as the time spent with Rita, actually. So the one thing I was going to add is his last line is, well, I don't know if it's his, his last, last line, but... When he wakes up the next day, he goes, is there anything I can do for you today? Right? That's yes. what he says. And That's what he says, yeah. there was like, Nick and I have been together for seven years now. And like, you know, we've tried some relationship tricks yeah. to like keep each other positive or just like, how can we be better spouses to one another? By and the there way, was 
fun a little tip for everyone uh, work on that while things are going well in your relationship so that you know it's not in the time of panic that you now are like don't have the equipment uh to to struggle mm -hmm. through things together work on those lines of communication while things are going good sorry anyway continue <laughs> so there was a time and i remember that we would be like what can i do for you today mm -hmm. we stopped saying that i don't know why but like that was just our way of saying like how can I serve you and how can I be there for you? And then this movie reminded me of it. I didn't know if it was from the movie, if you got it from the movie or if I think we got we it from had, like a book. Or I think we had gotten that. That one was specifically from the five love languages, I want to oh, say. Oh, yeah. And it was like, mm -hmm. what is your love tank and, and how can I fill it right now in yeah. this moment? But I just thought that that showed true love, that it was like, what can I do for you today rather than yeah. what can I do for me? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it proves that he, when he broke the curse, he was willing to stay selfless. He wasn't like, yay, I'm free, I did it. And mm. he goes back to how he was. This might tie everything up quite well, but the, um, I don't know how on purpose this kind of analogy was. I said it to Anna earlier and she, I think you appreciated it as a point of view. But um, if if Phil being so egocentric and, and kind of um, considering himself more than anybody else, is kind of like only seeing his shadow. Um, he only sees like his shadow on the ground. He doesn't see anybody else. Then in order for him to move past winter, he had to stop seeing his shadow, which is obviously Groundhog Day, isn't it? Mm -hmm. That well, is, yep, that's how the, it works. That, too yeah. deep, you're too deep. <laughs> and, and on that, because I don't think we're gonna find a better <laughs> way to end the, the broad conversation sincerely. Um, I think I probably know the answer for at least most of these, but we like to end with a X out of five heart rating, which is sort of your trying to be objective in terms of how good or bad you think the movie is. Okay, and cool. then a would you renew your vows, which is a sort of how well does it hold up for you? And would you be interested in watching this movie again at some point in the future? And because I think that um, we'll let us bookend you all, because I think I know what your answer is going to be. Danny, why don't you start us off this time? Okay, I like how you said that the heart rating's objective when I only give movies like one or 10,000 hearts. So it's not. <laughs> so how many hearts then does uh, Groundhog Day get? Uh, 4.5 out of five hearts. <laughs> She's slowly getting more like standard in terms of what she actually thinks. <laughs> and would you renew your vows? Yeah. I don't know. This movie was, it's, it's one of those emotional things. I would watch it. Yes. I would renew my vows, but I wouldn't do it every February 2nd. Let me tell you that. <laughs> it's something that I'll wait a couple of years or maybe even watch it with our kids one day. All right. All right. Because it does hold up. It's an old movie. I'm I'm not dating myself. I was born in 92, so I was only one when this movie came out. Yeah. yeah. So, But it's still, I mean, I'm going to be 30, and it's still a good movie. Sorry, mm. no offense to anyone that's 30 around here. Or more than that. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, Andy, uh, what would you all rate it and or uh, would you renew your vows? I can, I, I can find out on Letterboxd exactly what I did rate it. But yeah, oh, you, there can, you, go. you can probably find out what I rate it. That will be interesting because I have a definite rating in my head and I reckon it's different to what I said. Oh, mine's All right. So while we're waiting for. So my, mine's five anyway. Mine's five. Five out of five. Well, that's. <laughs> It's five out of five hearts, but like that's from, from your you own know, heart. there's a lot of nostalgia. There's a lot of like, sure, sure. it's one of my favorite movies. I know objectively that wouldn't be my score, but I'm not a movie critic. I'm an accountant, so I'm going to go with five. There you go. 
Interestingly, first time we watched it, so two years ago, I gave it four stars on Letterboxd. Out of, out think, of ten on Letterboxd? No, it's out right? of five. Oh, okay. Out of five. In my head, I thought it was... Um, but I think it's a five for me now. Ooh. But I think that's like a Is synergy the of the musical. the musical and, yeah, I think, objectively, I think the... it's probably not a five-star movie, but all the sentiment and everything, yeah, five. Hmm. And yes, I would renew my vows, definitely. Mm-hmm. And will be, I'm sure, every year on February 2nd. <laughs> yeah, now you have to. <laughs> now your calendar will be set. I, I will go ahead and, so, Uh-oh. I don't think you 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 guys are far off with the five out of five. And I, I love that discussion because I think that as much as we claim that we, you know, things are different, part of what we love about this podcast is everybody brings their baggage or their their memories of it, their nostalgia to it. And we've watched some movies uh, like The Mask, for example, that our guests clearly just still were enamored with. But when we rewatched it for the first time in years, it was like, eh. I, Groundhog Day, mm. I was very impressed the other day when we were watching it because, as you all have already intimated, it it really does hold up. And even the things that are sort of like, I wrote down a note of like, well, oh God, I forgot how much he like straight up sexually harasses his producer. Like he's, it's not even like I'm saying something that's, you know, insensitive in a 2021 context. Like in 1993, this would have been something that should have and would have gotten him fired. He also says, mm. I love you, now have sex with me, basically. But that's, a, we didn't get to that. But yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually think it holds up uh, fairly well. And I, I was going to give it a, a 4.75 oh. out of five. I think there are a couple of things that, you know, maybe I would tweak a little or do things a little differently, but mm. uh, I would renew my vows even more so after our conversation than I would have already. Like I, I would, mm. I was probably like, yeah, probably I'll watch it at some point in the future. I am like, I'm now wishing we had bought instead of rented on Amazon. Because <laughs> I, I want to go back and watch it after this conversation right now. I want to watch that scene to see if I'm right. Yeah, me too. That is a good point. Yeah, yeah, that is a really good if point. If I'm right, I'm I'm gonna dine out on that forever. <laughs> <laughs> no, hundred percent. No, you fair play. No, genuinely, that for you know to point something out that is so fundamental about the movie, and I haven't, I've seen it so many times and never noticed that. Well, um, and this is why I enjoy this podcast because I don't enjoy movies as much as Nick or you all do but hearing you guys talk about it made me enjoy it even more so mm. thank you for bringing all of the knowledge and all of that to my brain I'm still probably not going to watch it all the time but <laughs> <laughs> but with that you'll have to let us know what you find and andy you'll have to reach out on social media when you go watch palm springs again uh but thank you yeah, absolutely yeah very much so very much for sticking with us we know it's late at night for you all we really appreciate you hanging in there and uh i love you danny i love you nick we love, we love you, you. Mary Weathers. <laughs> and we love you, movie lovers. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Follow us on Twitter at the letter N, love with movies, on Facebook at facebook.com slash with movies and love, and on Instagram and TikTok at in love underscore with movies. You can email us at withmoviesinlove, that's all one word, withmoviesinlove at gmail.com to share your own love stories with us, suggest future love topics that you might want to hear us discuss, or just to say, hey, we'd like to hear from you. Hey. All original music written and performed by Danny Smith with our theme song remixed by Paul Brandt. And this whole podcast was produced and edited by my lovely husband, Nicholas Baldwin.
Special thank you to Ben A. Bear for Danny's Dingle and Nick Stretchberry for our website and podcast art. Absolutely, yeah. I've got, I've been convinced to, to join in. So, yeah, I'm brand new to this. How are you feeling about that? I've just kind of not thought about it. I'll just go with it, see what happens. Be fine. <laughs> see what happens, yeah. That's yeah. married life, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes you have just to agree and go on with it. Yeah, you yeah. definitely don't want to do. 